Okay, well, I'll let you simmer for a second. And um, we have one more time if somebody wants to share again. Okay. But for this afternoon, for just a few minutes, let me read to you from John chapter 11, verse 36. It's a, it's a text I'll have to do a little explanation, but I'm just going to read you one verse. So the Jew, it says, verse 36, So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him. So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him. Uh, it's a wonderful text. It comes from John chapter 11. Many of you, I, I could probably look out there. Everybody in here has probably read their Bibles enough to know about John chapter 11. The early part of John chapter 11, you got Mary, Martha, and both of them send Jesus a word. This is the word. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. That's all they needed to send. <laughs> he whom you love is sick. Who's he? Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. Uh, these sisters and this brother had entertained Jesus many times. And they all three had a great love bond with Jesus. So they did not feel that they needed to send a paragraph. They didn't feel like they needed to send several letters, a whole lot of words. They just said, he whom you love is sick. They felt like that is all that was necessary to get the proper or the quick response that they so desired. And so... These Jews were saying when Jesus showed up, see how Jesus loved Lazarus. I want you to think about Jesus' love for Lazarus, for Mary, for Martha. It's unusual love. What do you expect when you hear that someone is sick? What do you expect of Jesus? He whom you love is sick. What do you expect? Well, you expect immediate response. And how many times have do you know of ministers who have responded in immediate with an immediate response? You know, when I was 10, at 10 o'clock in the evening, we'd been in a wedding. Evan was there. We, I left. I was tired of being at the wedding. I'd been at the wedding since 2.30, and I was tired. We left at 7.15. I got a call at 10 o'clock, and I immediately got up and left, and we were gone. I mean, we do these things. It's what we do. And when my father-in-law died, in 2019, we got a call at 6.15 in the morning, and Lori and I looked at each other as we were lying in bed looking at each other going, okay, what are we going to do? We called on the phone, the airport, to see what it, what really bereavement prices are if you fly, fly your whole family home. <laughs> Don't try it. It's only like $70 off $700. So 6.30 times 5, that's no, no deal. So we got in the car and we began to drive. This is what we expect if somebody's sick. People were driving in to see, flying in to see Phyllis because we know the time was short. But what does Jesus do? When Jesus finds out that he whom that he has loved is sick, Jesus stays two days longer where he is. He doesn't do what is usual. He does something that is unusual. And it's on the third day that Jesus says, let us go to Judea again. And I would say to you, this is just simply not what we expect. 
he does love this family. He does love Lazarus. He's going to demonstrate that love to them. But he's going to do it in a way they don't expect. This sickness, he tells the disciples, is not to the end, not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. He lets his disciples think that Lazarus is sick and will recover. He lets the women think that he's going to possibly show up. And then he lets them think that he can only heal people who are alive. And then when he does show up, he lets them all think that he's only there to weep with those who weep. This is unusual love. And his love is unusual with you and with me. He knows exactly what we need and he knows how to do what we need. Even as we said this morning, we said that we have to tell our feelings the right things. I think that's very important. Our feelings, Jesus doesn't really care. He would have already shown up by now. Jesus would have already done something by now. But we have to speak to our feelings and we have to say, He does love me. He is my shepherd. I cannot trace His heart right now, but I do know what he, that He loves me and He may do something very unusual and new. He's so secretive, but I do know He loves me. Well, the second thing about Jesus' love is His love weeps. So Jesus shows up. And Martha and Mary, they're both weeping. And Jews are weeping with Martha and Mary. And of course, Martha comes first and she speaks to Jesus. And Lord, if you were here, then our brother wouldn't have died. And then Mary gets up and she starts to go to the tomb. And all the Jews who are with her, they, they, they go with her thinking she's going to go to the tomb. But she goes to see Jesus. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so Jesus sees her weeping. Sees all the Jews around her weeping. And then we have that shortest verse in the Bible. He wept. Jesus weeps with those who weep. He shows up when loved ones die. He shows up with, his, with the power of His Spirit. He shows up in the hands of His people who wrap their arms around us when we lose a dear one in our families. He gains one in heaven. And at the same time, he loses a shining image bearer on the earth. And so he's with us when we weep. But Jesus' love is not just unusual and not only does it weep. Jesus' love is angry. Now, this may surprise you. Why is he weeping? In verse 33, it tells us he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. In verse 38, it says he was deeply moved within. And we, you know, we tend to think that Je this means Jesus is really emotional. Well, let me tell you what it really means. It really tickled me the other day. I heard Evan using something I said years and years ago. So he saw it. I thought, man, he got it. <laughs> this also has to do with horses. This word in the Greek, it speaks of a horse bellowing. It speaks of a horse snorting. It speaks of anger and displeasure. What is Jesus angry about? Have you ever thought about, why would Jesus be angry? Well, he's angry that these women are crying in the first place. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus is angry that people die. Jesus is angry with the devil. The devil is the one who deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. He's the one that got them to look at the thing and not the one who made the thing. 
And when he did that, he was malevolent in what he did because he knew that they would die. The wages of sin is death. He knew that. Jesus is angry at death. He's angry at the one who deceived men and women and murdered them in the garden. He's indignant at it. He's weeping. And he's full of rage. And he doesn't sin. Try that one on. He's a lamb. He looks like a lamb. And full inside the lamb, there's this rage. There's this line. What a person to emulate. A lamb and a lion. Jesus' love is powerful. This anger directs him to a solution. The lion has the power to do something about this death. The lion has the strength to go up to the tomb, and he's going to go up to that tomb. And remember, he goes up there, and what does he look like? He looks like a lamb. What can this man do? Death never loses Once death has you, death's got you for good. Nobody rises from the dead. And Jesus goes up to the tomb and and he tells Martha they need to roll the stone away. And she says, Lord, (laughs) you know, King James Version says, he stinketh. The NIV says, there will be a bad odor. I mean, that's kind of easy putting it, right? She's basically saying, Lord, there's nobody can overcome this. And Jesus goes up there anyway. He takes some words. Lazarus come forth. He puts them in a sling and he slings them at the head of death and brings death down, just like David and Goliath. And death gives, life comes out of that death. And just a few days later, Jesus is going to go do exactly the same. He's going to go to the cross and out of the death of the cross and on the tomb, he's going to rise up from the dead. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, even if he dies, yet shall he live. Do you believe that? Jesus' love celebrates. Now, we didn't read this. this. is in John chapter 12. But remember, the family, they threw a party for Jesus. It's not This party's not for Lazarus. They're so glad he's alive. That's why Jesus is being honored. And so we have Mary and we have Martha. We have Lazarus. We have the disciples. And the Bible tells us there's a large crowd of Jews outside in the vicinity. And it's all about Jesus. And I want you to think about this. Martha's doing Martha things. She's serving. And... Lazarus is doing Lazarus things. He's reclining at the table. And Mary, she's doing Mary things. We're going to talk about her in a minute. But when Jesus comes to a place where he's honored, he makes it better. He's there with them. He makes it better. When he's at the wedding at Cana of Galilee, he took wine, I mean, took water. 150 gallons, possibly up up to 180 gallons of Jewish water set apart for Jewish purification. He turns it into the best wine that they've ever tasted. (laughs) Most people save the best for, you know, put it at the beginning, but Jesus gives it at the end. He gives it the best at the end. When Matthew is following Jesus, he goes over to Matthew's house and everybody in the house rejoices and celebrates as Jesus brings in the joy. Jesus is the one who goes out and grabs the prodigal son and rejoices when he repents. 
Jesus is the one who prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's the one who anoints our head with oil. He causes our cups to overflow. Well, let's go back to Mary. Jesus loves and receive, his love receives adoration. So Martha's doing serving things and Lazarus is reclining, doing the men sort of thing. But Mary is adoring. She's doing what she does best. And you know, I want to say it like this. If you knew how much this bottle of Purinard cost, I think you'll agree with me. When Mary is over there and she takes 11 ounces of this Purinard that's worth $27,000 plus, and there's Martha and there's Lazarus, and I can just think to myself, if these people are not with her, they are certainly going to say something because this has to do with their retirement. This has to do with their stuff. And when they see her over there breaking that neck and pouring that on his feet, I think every one of them are doing this. You go, girl. Because, folks, if they weren't with her, they would surely have said something like Judas. This could have been sold. These guys were saying, you, you go, girl. You pour out and you waste your love on Jesus. And you know what's interesting? Jesus let her do it. Jesus receives her love. Jesus received their love. Jesus loves to receive our love. He loves for us to do what we're doing today. He loves to hear us offer up to him our adoration. It goes up into his nostrils like sweet-smelling odor. You and I adore Jesus Christ because he first loved us. Does anybody else have another uh, testimony? <laughs>